Welcome to the Think Christian Podcast. Have you left that review of the show on Apple Podcasts yet? It doesn't take long. You could do it right now as we get into the episode. It really does help us reach new listeners. Thanks so much. I'm Josh Larson, editor over at thinkchristian.net, where we talk about faith and pop culture because there's no such thing as secular. If you are about to give up on the MCU, maybe stick around for one more film. The Marvels, a sequel of sorts to 2019's Captain Marvel, which also incorporates a few relatively new characters to the MCU, it's a lot of fun. Or at least I thought so. There's also something interesting in the film relating to the idea of spiritual gifts, making it a good topic for the podcast. Now, are Catherine Freeman and Joe George as high on the Marvels as I am? Let's find out. I'm happy to have Catherine Freeman and Joe George with me here to talk about the Marvels. Are we going to celebrate a resuscitation of the MCU after a dire recent stretch? Or are we here to uh, bury this franchise finally? That does seem to be where we're at with these more recent MCU films. And this one, I should note the 33rd entry, The Marvels, is. I feel like for the past four or five, it's always been a moment when it comes out, not only to talk about the film itself, but to kind of reassess how we feel about the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. So, Catherine, how's your relationship? with the MCU these days. I don't know. Maybe you've never been all that tight. Maybe you've been, you know, it's been a tight relationship since the beginning, but I want to know where you're at now. Uh, you guys doing okay? And did the Marvels strengthen or weaken that bond? I have to say that I personally have been kind of waning in my Marvel. Um, I have not been keeping up with the TV shows. Like I started the Second season of Loki, I haven't gone back to it. I actually didn't finish the Miss Marvel series. Actually, after watching the movie, I'm, I'm probably going to go back and watch it now. But is a lot. And <laughs> 33, I mean, it's just hard. I Yeah, I don't know. And I, honestly, for me, I don't know if it's so much Marvel fatigue, but I just feel like I've just also just gotten out of the habit of seeing movies in theaters generally. Mm. Um, but I definitely feel like with Marvel, like it's just not for me, like the thing that it was maybe like film five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it is a lot pretty much perfectly captures where we're at, uh, especially when you do include those streaming series. Now, Joe, you wrote a book about superheroes, the superpowers and the glory. So I almost feel you're kind of like the therapist in this metaphor. You have a bit of that outside perspective. So let's start there. How do you see the health of the franchise and its relationship with, with audiences right now? I, I, I think every audience response is very justified. You know, I, I got to take myself out and admit I've been reading superhero comics for decades now. So I'm all the way in on this and, and that's not going to change with me. But I feel like Marvel has been skirting by a lot uh, and cutting corners on on things, um, whether from the the visual effects to just story beats, you know, the the whole post credit. Let's set up a movie that seems better than the movie you just watched. Sort of uh, uh, thing. All of those tricks are not working anymore, and I mm. think that's good because as much as I love superheroes, I also love good movies, <laughs> and and I would like these movies to be good, and so. I do think that they're learning that they can't get away with 
with the the sloppy stuff that they've been putting out before and they have to get back to just fundamentals of cinematic storytelling <laughs> which means solid scripts uh uh, effects that actually work. Uh, letting your directors direct would be amazing, as we're going to talk about here in a moment. <laughs> um, any of those sorts of things. And I do have hope that I, I have hope as a cinema goer in general that studios will not try to copy what Marvel's been doing and we can get, you know, all those other types of movies. And I also have hope that Marvel will realize that they can't just throw junk out there that they'll actually take time with this and make it into something that's satisfying, not just for dorks like me who get excited to see the Kree uh, Supreme Intelligence, but also for people who are like, I just want to see a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're right to describe those elements as tricks. They maybe didn't, they felt like features early on and now they're, they're bugs, they're tricks yes. for sure. Well, how about the Marvels itself then, Joe? Let's, uh, let's narrow in and focus on this latest iteration. Just how did this work for you as a movie and as, as you've said, an MCU fan? So first of all, I enjoyed it. I need to get that out there. First of all, I had a really good time with it. I love Ms. Marvel. Uh, Iman Vellani, who plays her, is just a delight. And I did finish the series and loved seeing her family again. That was my favorite part. Um, that said, this movie is a mess. <laughs> it is such a mess. <laughs> and it's a mess on so many levels. And Nia DaCosta deserves better <laughs> than what they did to her <laughs> with this film. Uh, so that's me. Okay. Yeah, Nia DaCosta, the director here. And this is her third feature film. Her first was a small, independent, not independent, but low-budget drama, Little Woods, quite good. Then she moved to a bigger project, The Candyman remake horror film uh, which was interesting i thought and here you know in the marvel machine obviously so so dealing with a lot of competing interests oversight that sort of stuff and it sounds like joe you could feel some of those tentacles in the film itself how about you Catherine? what was your experience with the marvels i want to hear more about like joe's like why <laughs> um i actually really yeah i'm curious as someone who's like yeah to hear more about his expertise but for me as like a more casual person I like loved it I thought it was so fun I loved their dynamic between the three of them I thought actually some of the like fight scenes or the scenes with them like switching powers I liked the way those were shot I thought was really and I don't then maybe the editing I thought was like really good in terms of putting that um, together. I appreciate that Marvel is trying to give us more complicated villains and heroes. And I think for me, since the sort of Tony Stark where he had to um, face Alfred Woodard's character about her son who was killed in Sokovia, when I see these destruction scenes of like cities is like a running thing in my mind now. And so I liked the attempt to address that like sometimes heroism you think you're doing what's best, but it actually is way more complicated and messy in that sense. And so I feel like that sort of the trying to like complicate the narrative that it's not like these are good people and they only ever do good things. And these are bad people and they only have bad motivations because I think humanity is more like complicated than that. So like I appreciated the like trying to like keep that sort of, yeah, the narrative of going. And I thought it was so funny and yeah, I love I loved Miss Marvel and I was like, oh, I should have finished this. Um, 
Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do need to finish it because um, I agree. I think we're all on the same page that Iman Vellani here is a highlight as Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, this teenager, right? Who I think the reason she works so well, and I'm more aligned with Catherine probably on the Marvels overall, is because she brings this holistic enthusiasm as a character for the Avengers, and they kind of embed an MCU fan in their movie then she brings us along to be an MCU fan. Like it, it helped me to resuscitate the fandom that I had many, many films ago, probably not since Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings have I been really excited about a Marvel and MCU movie. So, and Catherine, you know, to, I think we can get back to maybe what I'm guessing might be some of Joe's, um, you know, objections to the film. You touched on a lot of things that this movie is doing and it is that dynamic among the three, which I think is its strength. Brie Larson here, so good as Captain Marvel, and uh, Tiana Paris as Captain Monica Rambeau. The dynamic among the three of them I just loved, probably the highlight. Um, but it also does touch on the ramifications of supposed heroic acts in the villain, who is played by Zawi Ashton, named Dar Ben. Joe, tell me if I'm getting any of this wrong. A Cree warrior. I'm not going to dig deeper than that, but basically she's one of these villains seeking revenge uh, for an act of Captain Marvel's that at the time, Captain Marvel thought, you know, Carol Danvers thought she was being heroic in doing this. And now she's dealing with the repercussions of that through this villain's experience. So that's a lot to juggle. And I will say, um, although thematically I appreciated that they were going there, I, I don't know if it's as seamlessly woven into a movie that also has the repartee among the three leads. It has a visit to a planet where everyone just sings and there's a dance number, which is kind of delightful. I really enjoyed that. But alongside these heavier thematic ideas, I don't know, is that was that part of your issue with it, Joe, that it was trying to do all of this? There's there's so much meat on the bone of um Carol Danvers dealing with the the weight of being this sort of cosmic protector and sort of having to weigh what she does and 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 the the outlet of that. I think there's something to dealing with Kamala looking back at her and that sort of hero worship thing. There's even something to the the Monica uh, feeling uh, abandoned uh, by Carol in youth, mm-hmm. and none of those hit for me like. The scene where they just jump rope <laughs> that that scene yeah, is an utter so good. Delight. Yeah, it's an utter delight. And that's the thing that 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 I I'll walk away with thinking about. And so I felt like while those themes were given lip service, I felt like they were what we got on the screen. From what I understand, there was probably a longer cut that got chopped down to nothing. Um, so what we got on the screen, it really wasn't interested in any of those uh, those themes. And so, yeah, they're. They're there, I guess, but I I did not. What I walked away from that was I want to see those three people have fun jump roping and listening to the Beastie Boys again. That was my big thing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I guess I also too maybe one I appreciated that it was an hour and a half because I feel like we have been on a string of people. Thank you. We're doing too much, and if you're not going to have intermissions, I can't. I can't. I'm just not at the age (laughs) I can do that anymore. Um. But I will say it did feel like, to me, a sort of jumping off point, like that it wasn't going for telling like a complete deep story, but it did really feel like a launch for like this next phase, which we see hints at um, with Kamala Khan's character. And then like 
Monica, Tiana Paris's character, where they kind of end up at the end of the film. Um, and as someone who has not kept up with all of these films, I'm curious how they are going to manage all of these universes that they seem to be launching and all of these um, series. I it, it makes sense in a comic book, but I just feel like for yeah. movies, that's a lot to keep track of. And if, as you guys know, I'm really terrible about keeping track of characters. <laughs> and why this should be important. Um, so I'm like furiously like Googling like, oh, okay, that's mm-hmm. who, like, okay, let remind me of who this is and like wh- how these stories intersect. And now that they're using Disney Plus to like launch all these TV series. Also, it was never clear to me and maybe I missed it. Why Samuel L. Jackson was in space? Like, <laughs> and I, I, I freely admit that I stopped also watching Secret Invasion. So I was like, maybe they explained that in that TV show. But I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> I can't answer that. Joe, do you have an answer for why he was in space? Because he is. <laughs> space is more interesting than if he was walking around on Earth, I guess. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, you did right. Skipping Secret Invasion. It's a nightmare. It's the worst thing. <laughs> in the world, and it does not explain it. One of my favorite parts about uh, the Marvels is that it totally ignores Secret Invasion. <laughs> okay, oh, just at the end of one of the Spider-Man movies, they're like, oh yeah, Samuel Jackson's in space now. And that's it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there we there we go. I okay. do think, Catherine, your point about um, you know comparing this to these stories, origins, comic books, is is a good one because we may have just reached the breaking point of where that transfer is impossible. These are just two different mediums. Um, you experience them in different ways. Uh, they're, they're completely different art forms and made for possibly different audiences. You know, that these are mass market films uh, for the broadest audience possible. And as popular as comic books are, um, perhaps it's just a, a smaller niche or at least a different niche that is more interested in following all these tendrils. Um, and so maybe we're just getting to that breaking point here. I, I did want to bring up one thing that I also liked about the Marvels, though, um, and it was this metaphor that these powers you talked about, Catherine, that the, the three of them have. There's a nice metaphor here with those, I think, for the idea of spiritual gifts. Um, and you know, the spiritual gifts, when we think about them, the biblical notion of spiritual gifts, um, they come from the same source, but they're expressed in different ways, depending on who holds them and, and how they use them. And so, you know, as much as we see that in the film, it reminded me of, uh, the apostle Paul's writing in first Corinthians 12, uh, about how there are different gifts quote, but the same spirit distributes them. And then we're also given this charge regarding gifts. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Um, so these are definitely terms that can be applied uh, to superhero myths, I think. And one thing that I liked about this in the Marvels is the way the hero's gifts, Ms. Marvels and, and Monica's and Captain Marvels, they're visualized as different forms of light. That strengthens the connection for me. So I'm just wondering, I want to throw this out at you guys, uh, what you two made of this. Catherine, do you have do you have any thoughts on sort of the Marvel's various forms of giftedness and how that might speak to us as Christians? Yeah, I mean, to me, the giftedness extends not even just to like powers, but like emotional gifts. Like there's something really powerful about 
one of the things I like loved about Kamala Khan's character is like in the way in which children generally and teenagers generally don't allow you to ignore the elephant in the room, like, and sort of the like forcing them sort of like the gift of like encouragement or like, we're going to talk about this. Like, this is awkward. We're not just going to go through our task and act like we're having, you know? And so I really enjoyed that. And I think, yeah, that their powers have like a common source. Um, and the ways in which they were distinct people, I think, yes. but that like they couldn't be fully who they needed to be without each other. And I think there can be like a tendency to be like, oh, Kamala is like a teenager. Like, I think even with how we interact intergenerationally to be like, oh, well, you know, these kids today or like to, to disregard, you know, previous generations. But I, I liked that, that sort of dynamic of them, like learning how to like work together without sacrificing who they each were individually, but also too that they were stronger once they like figured that out, like that they couldn't be fully defeat or attack the enemy that they needed to attack without each of those powers and each person doing a distinct thing. Yeah. And I like that too, because it's more, we can relate to that more, right? Like when, when the biblical spiritual gifts are more aligned with what you're talking about, Catherine, than these superpowers, right? They, they are these parts of our personality that we can use to building up the body of Christ. Um, and that is a strength of the film. I'm glad you brought that up. I think they, all three of these are distinct characters. You know, Brie Larson has already established as Captain Marvel, sort of this stern, but also dryly funny Carol Danvers, a little bit no-nonsense and very much a loner, right? And then you have Tiana Paris coming on who who brings, she's no-nonsense too, like incredibly smart scientist, but she has a warmth to her that counters Carol. And of course, they have their back history we won't get into that comes into play. And then we've already talked a lot about Kamala here bringing this wide-eyed enthusiasm that is another personality trait to the mix. And all of those traits can also to your point, be seen as gifts as well that they they employ to the greater good. But yeah, Joe, what did you make of this notion? Yeah, um, for me, I kind of went for the less <laughs> relatable, maybe. Captain Marvel is established as the most powerful character in the MCU. You know, she's the one that almost beat up Thanos all by herself. And there's something about whenever you get a, a, a very powerful character like this, it always raises the question of why do we need the other people? Uh, and I and yeah. I do think there's something that we can relate with this because the movie shows that she does need the other people. Yes, she can. She's got the power of, you know, uh, the galaxy and could do all of these things. But she needs rest. She needs reconciliation. She needs all of these other things. And I. I, my therapist tells me that I have something called a Superman complex, which is funny coming from a short pudgy man, but, um, where I, <laughs> but an expert on the comics, I mean, I like mean, it kind of fits so, so much expertise. <laughs> yes, I guess, I guess she knows how to talk my language. Um, uh, <laughs> where, um, where I try to do everything, you know, if there's a problem in the family, then I'll be like, you know, I, I'm going to stay up till one o'clock in the morning. I'll get the kids to bed. You know, I'll get dinner going and all this sort of stuff. And my wife is constantly like, you're going to burn yourself out and everybody else out. Mm. I can do those things, but that's not healthy for me or for my community. And I feel I've been in enough churches where there's somebody most obviously a pastor who is really good at something and clearly has a gift. 
And yet if they can't turn off their Superman complex and allow the other less flashy, maybe less powerful gifts to minister to them, then not only do they suffer, the entire community suffers. Yeah, yeah that's really that's good. good. I really like that. I think that's true. And also, too, like to your point, a strength overutilized is a weakness. So like for Carol, sort of her sort of no nonsense, she's sort of lost sight in the sort of she's so powerful. She doesn't spend a lot of time with people. One of my favorite scenes is where she kind of loses sight of like, I don't remember. It's not the Cree, the scroll. Um, nice. Where- <laughs> Um, I was like, I cannot not remember the name in front of Joe. Um, (laughs) Where she's kind of lost sight of just like the humanity and sadness of having to like leave your this like destruction. And, you know, she just like, we're going to save as many people as we can save. And sort of in that moment, Mm -hmm. having Miss Marvel be like, well, there's still other people and having her have to like really grapple with that. And then later we see that like Miss Marvel has learned from her, like, okay, at some point we do have to kind of, you know, make a decision and, and so that both of their gifts are strengthened. But I think also too, that sometimes I think with your, your Superman complex is that, yeah, like that is great that you are a helper, that you have these fantastic gifts, but when you overextend yourself, you overutilize them, that becomes a source of weakness. So I really love that. Yeah, and to your point about when you mentioned the church, Joe, it makes me think that um, you know we have those early scenes uh, where they're they've just kind of met the three of them and they can't get their their powers in sync. They can't their get get their gifts in sync. Sort of another metaphor for like a failed church endeavor. I'm sure we've all been a part of. We're like good. Pe- it's all good people, right, with a shared vision, but you just can't quite pull it off. And yeah. somebody's house gets trashed at the end. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it gets sometimes it goes that far wrong. Um well anything else either of you wanted to to touch on here as as we wrap this up. Yeah, I feel like I will just overall, I think it's a very enjoyable, fun movie, like for families. And I think I all oh, I wanted to mention this. I do really appreciate that Marvel seems to be taking very seriously their female fans. I know there was a lot of attempts to like people don't like Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel. But I feel like as a woman who is, you know, spends money to go to the movies, like the sort of keeping the sort of summer of Barbie, Beyonce and Taylor going, the sort of taking seriously like um, the female viewer and like, yeah, I mean, I think anybody can see it, but I just the message of like female empowerment and friendship, I thought was a nice sort of like nod to like we recognize that not only men are fans of Marvel and Marvel comics. Yeah, it's absolutely refreshing. And, you know, for a male viewer, too, I got to say, to just like have have long stretches of a film where it's just three women um, driving all the narrative and the action. That's, you know, that's very refreshing to see. Yeah. Somebody who loves superheroes. I love for other people to have their heroes, too. There is something the one that always comes back to me is the, the phenomenon that was Black Panther and just seeing all of those kids like get their superhero is like, mm. yeah, you see why I love this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> For and, sure. And so, yeah. It. All of it's many, as many different ways that we can explore what it means to be a superhero. I I'm all for that. So we checked in on kind of where we're at when we went into the Marvels and now after watching it, Catherine, you're going to finish Ms. Marvel. Um, so beyond that, are you 
still open to them? More movies, more TV shows, or do you feel like it's it's just too much? I honestly think what is probably going to happening for me is I'm going to pick my favorite superheroes and or characters or mm. actors, and I'm going to follow those films. <laughs> Like, and then, like, kind of let the rest go until they do, like, the big movie. And then I'm just going to Google, like, what I've missed. It, it, <laughs> I just, I feel like the to Joe's point of, like, finding the people that you kind of, like, connect with. Like, I think yeah. about, like, my dad was a big comic book person, but he was, like, a big, like, spider like, very invested in, like, Spider-Man. And, like, okay. he would read the other comics. But, like, that was his, like, main person. And I feel like that's what's going to happen for me with the movies. Like, I'm going to be very invested in Miss Marvel. Less so in the other. Okay. <laughs> that... That is very sensible and manageable. I think I think you can pull that off. Joe, you're you're more professionally obligated to keep up with this, but but I but you know, it sounds like you're, you know, this has been such a part of your life. You yeah. you would see this yeah. through no matter what. Yeah, I'm still the guy that's, you know, that that I I enjoy Tana Paris's performance, but we still haven't gotten Monica Rambo as cool as she is in the comics yet. So okay. I want her to lead the Avengers, which she eventually does in the comics and you know, okay. So no, there's there's still they there all of those hints to other things. I'm still picking up on them all and still going. Yeah, but I want more. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm I'm in a strange position where 33 films in, I'm a completist. I've seen them all, and I have. This is some sort of complex. I don't know if it's a superhero or what, but it's a completist complex. I almost feel obligated to not watch. To, to, I feel obligated to just watch every one, but then I look at what's coming next and I believe it's Deadpool three. And not only have I not seen any of the Deadpools, I, I swear if you had asked me if Deadpool was part of the MCU, I would have said no until I saw that. And so I am, I might be reaching a personal breaking point and have to shift over to where Catherine is. Um, but I think you know, all three of the characters in this movie are probably ones I would choose to follow. I was that invested in in them as characters and the performances. Um, so, so yeah, that's probably where I am at right now. Um, well, thank you for indulging my MCU therapy session, and hopefully, <laughs> we all feel a little bit better. Catherine, I hope your semester has been has been going well. Or do you get a, a break in the PhD studies? I soon? do at Christmas uh, in like two weeks. So this is like crunch time while doing like final papers and stuff. And then I'll have like a month before we start again in the spring. So it'll be nice to have like a good break. Very nice. And that works great because then you can join us for one of our best of 2023 TC podcast episodes. Yeah. And uh, we'll have those out in January, but re be recording them likely after you're on break. So yeah, I can't wait to get us, get the whole team together to do that again. Uh, Joe, I mentioned your book, The Superpowers and the Glory, which I highly recommend to superhero fans out there. And you also have a TC piece on Loki season two, which Catherine, you said you bailed on that. Is that okay, right? I just, I started... I okay. really liked the first season of Loki. I feel like it has been so long. So part of me wants to go back. There's so much going on that I'm like, I don't remember. So like, I feel like I need to like have time to like go back and rewatch season one and then get into season two, because I really did like feel very connected to Loki season one. But when I yep. watched the first episode, I was like, 
what is happening? I don't remember any of this. I'm so confused. There is so much going on that Joe and I, that was much of our back and forth um, with his piece, with his pieces. Like how much of this do we actually need? So I think that's, I think we're in a good place, Joe. Um, So that should be up at thinkchristian.net by the time this episode airs. We'll link to that in the show notes here. Anything else you've been writing elsewhere, Joe, that you want to mention? I do a lot of writing for Den of Geek. And so if you're interested in anything non-spiritual that we talked about, like what's going on in those post-credit sequence of the Marvels, uh, what the Marvel Universe needs to do from here on out to avoid these problems, uh, go, you can see me writing nerdy stuff there. Um, I'm going to go check it out. I feel like I would just listen to a podcast. I need a tutorial. And like, (laughs) instead of Googling, I'm just going to go look at Joe's article. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it could be helpful. That's definitely where I'm going to go when Deadpool 3 is out. Because, yeah, I think that's that's just not going to be for me. All right. Thank you both again. This was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, Josh. Bye. With 33 films in the MCU, not to mention all those streaming series, You better believe we have a lot of articles over on the TC website, thinkchristian.net. To make it easy for you to find all those, my colleague, Christopher Hunt, he compiled a handy guide listing them all on one page. So we'll link to that over in the show notes for this episode. Otherwise, you could just go to thinkchristian.net and search for God in the MCU. That should bring it right up. Where are you at with the MCU? We'd love to find out. You can send your thoughts about that or the podcast in general to our email address, tcpodcast at thinkchristian.net. Just send those to tcpodcast at thinkchristian.net. If you have a few kind words to share, why not share them as a review on Apple Podcasts? Star ratings are great, but a couple of sentences would help us even more to reach new listeners. For those of you watching on YouTube, go ahead and click that subscribe button. That's how you can help us out there. Thanks in advance for doing that. The TC Podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Visit reframeministries.org for more information. Our audio engineer and post-production supervisor is John Reeder, and Reframe's co-director overseeing content strategy is Robin Bassel. I'm Josh Larson. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to consider how another corner of our pop culture fandom connects with our fame. 